Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Thank you. I'm the first speaker, so, you know, I've got to set a high standard here. <laughs> Thank you for coming today. My name is Masha Bellinson. Um, I do corporate growth at ECS Laboratory, and today I'm going to be speaking on analytical testing, cannabis versus mushrooms. So why am I able to speak on analytical testing? Well, I work with the largest clinical laboratory in the Eastern United States. We test hemp from 49 states and 15 countries and cannabis in Florida. So we work with most of the MMTCs in Florida. And so the way that I, my understanding of how hemp and cannabis is tested, I'm gonna be comparing that with how we're gonna be testing psilocybin once we're able to in Florida. I'll also be covering a little bit about how cannabis parallels mushrooms, as well as how it impacts the serotonin levels and then what we will be testing for, because Colorado did release their draft rules, which is very exciting. So we are, um, like I said, a clinical laboratory. We were founded in 2008. Roger Brown's right here. He's the president. Say hi, Roger. <laughs> He'll be speaking at 150. Come see him as well on Delta 8, Delta 10, uh, THCOA, and HHC. So thank you, Roger, for allowing me to speak on mushrooms because, you know, it's uh, they're not quite legal yet. But anybody here in the DEA? It's okay. <laughs> so um, one of the exciting things is uh, we are a DEA licensed laboratory, which means that we can receive samples from DEA licensed research facilities, which there are, I think, four of them in the country as of now. We're also CLIA licensed, which means that we can do human trials, um, pharmacokinetic studies, uh, urine, blood, um, saliva, anything like that that helps uh, to understand dosing. So I have been, lately I've been out more, out more speaking in public. So I just spoke at Canadelic Miami on an extraction panel on um, paralleling the extraction of cannabis with mushrooms. And um, I've been featured in Women in Cannabis and um, interviewed by WPTV News on the safety of Delta-8 products. And uh, recently I spoke to the Slate about Delta-8. So I wanna start with just um, how many people here um, are familiar with psilocybin? How many people here have taken mushrooms? Awesome, so I'm gonna just run through this and I'll ask you to hold your questions until the end. So I like to say that, so you know, we call cannabis the flower, but mushrooms are called the fruit. Even though they're a fungi, people refer to it as fruit. Cannabis has three species. So it's uh, cannabis indica, sativa, and ruderalis. Even though there's no such thing as a pure indica or a pure sativa anymore, that's a topic for another debate, but that's how we talk about them is in those three species. Mushrooms, on the other hand, have 10,000 species. 10,000. I'm gonna say it again, 10,000. <laughs> Out of which 180 are psychedelic. So that's still a really big number. 180 are psychedelic. So three, and so out of those 180 that are psychedelic, um, some examples are cubenzies, 
golden teachers, uh, albino penis envy, I'll go into it a little bit more. And then functional mushrooms, which are in that group of 10,000, um, you've heard of, of course, lion's mane, chaga, reishi, turkey tail, those are the functional ones. Whereas with cannabis, you've got, depending on the region that it came from, it's either the hazes, the cushes, they're the heirloom strains, and then there's just so many hybrids in between. When we speak about um, the compounds and, uh, and the cannabinoids, there's about 120 that we know of. ACS is now testing for 23 cannabinoids. So, you know, THC, CBD, you know, Delta-8, all of those, whereas, um, and, and recently, uh, HHC, THCP, all of, so there's, there's 22 cannabinoids. So now let's parallel that. In mushrooms, there's 400 alkaloids. I'm not gonna go into all of them. We can't possibly tackle all of them, but we're gonna start with psilocybin and psilocin because those are the ones that are, those are the ones that are psychoactive. Now, beyond that, there is also norcilocin, and then there's the minors, just how there's minor cannabinoids like CBN, CBC, CBG, there's the minor alkaloids, which is biocystin, norbiocystin, and norcilocin. So, and then to compare like terpenes with uh, the aromatics that are in mushrooms, so the same way that terpenes are like the steering wheel of THC, um, psychedelic mushrooms also have a steering wheel. Those are called the beta carbolinocalloids, and that's haramine and haramine. And then in cannabis, you know, obviously it's uh, linol, limonene, pinene, all of those. So at ACS, we test for 38 cannabinoids, I mean, so, sorry, 38 terpenes, uh, 22 cannabinoids, 30 terpenes, 16 flavonoids, as well as triterpenes. We do not think at right now that there are flavonoids in mushrooms, but again, it's so new, you know, we have so much to explore. So I'm just gonna talk about really high level of what we know. So it's interesting because, you know, we think about a macro dose and that's, you know, a big dose. And again, dosing is, a, is another topic, um, but then there is the micro dose, but what are you taking? Well, it's a fungi, and it's got the, the active compounds of psilocybin and psilocin. And so all of the psychoactive mushrooms contain these compounds, and they have been used for hundreds of years. I mean, mushrooms have been around for millions of years. They were here, you know, three quarters of the world is mushroom. I mean, we're part mushroom. We're more like a mushroom than anything else. Um, there's a mycelium network that runs underground that covers half the world, and they speak to each other. So it's a very, very special, very special uh, fruit, and really one of the most popular and commonly used psychedelics in US and Europe. And the endogenous, like the, the, the people in the Mesoamerican spiritual and religious rituals, so people have been using these in ceremony, um, for hundreds, I mean thousands of years, but I can just go back to hundreds in Mexico, in, in South America, all over the world for religious purposes. That was the beginning of them. Um, and then the pharmacology. Pharmacology is the study of drugs, including their origin, composition, pharmacokinetics, therapeutic use. And so when we talk about the pharmacology of mushrooms, psilocybin, which is a tryptamine, it's, I'm not going to pronounce it, it's O, 
phosphorhydroxy and dimethyltryptamine. So that's the primary psychoactive chemical, but it's a prodrug. Like psilocybin by itself is not psychoactive. When when it hits your liver, so when you eat the mushrooms, it turns to psilocin, and psilocin is what's psychoactive. Now, in the beginning, the mushrooms, most of them are comprised, uh, uh, comprised of both psilocybin and psilocin. So I had to geek out and make little molecules here. So this is psilocin, so that I could understand. I'm not a chemist. I don't have any chemistry background or anything like that. This just, I don't know, this is the way this helps me really understand the science and the difference between them. And then how similar they are to serotonin, which is endogenous to us. So I'll go into that in the beginning. So basically, they're both, some, some of them, some mushrooms have both psilocybin and psilocin. And so it depends on the genetics, where they're grown, how they're grown, and the region that they come from. But the important thing to realize is when it's metabolized in the body, we're only talking about psilocin. That's the metabolite. Yep. And then psilocin is similar to serotonin, which we produce naturally. And serotonin is Serotonin is very important. It's called the happy messenger. So serotonin is really what produces um, happiness, mood st stabilization, and you know people that suffer from depression, they have a lack of serotonin. And so it's really important to understand why does this work? I mean, again, I'm not a chemist, but super easy because The same way that THC binds with anandamide, these guys, serotonin and psilocin, they bind. They, kind of hard to see here, but they, they look very similar. Everybody here knows what the endocannabinoid system is, right? I'm not gonna go into it, so endocannabinoid system. That's what balances our body. It has several receptors, including two neurotransmitters. So in the same way that there is a, I was asking this myself before, well, if there is an endocannabinoid system, is there like a mushroom anabinoid system? Or what is it? Like, why do we feel the way that we feel from them? Well, um, mushrooms actually work with the endocannabinoid system because when you have the happy messenger serotonin, it helps release more cannabinoids in the body, which is why cannabis and mushrooms go hand in hand, and it, it creates a more of a enhanced experience and a happy experience. So psilocybin binds with neurotransmitters like serotonin, the same way THC binds with anandamide. So I'm good. So it's you know there's it's a lot of chemistry, it's a lot of information, but it's also easy to understand it if you break it up into small pieces and then relate it to, to cannabis, which is what we already understand. So again, serotonin, it's called an agonist. So it's crucial for everyday survival. And psilocybin, it, it promotes this. So it's, it's a real benefit to mental therapy. And so why is, this, why is this interesting? Why does everybody care all of a sudden? Well. Um, uh, psychedelic mushrooms, they kind of, they jumped ahead 
and what cannabis is doing because there is so much research, right? In cannabis, everyone always says, oh, there's not enough research, there's not enough research. Well, here, there is so much research. And that research has been going on for many years and institutions like John Hopkins, um, really notable long-term studies all over the world and it's showing how it really helps in the efficacy of mood and substance disorder. So I'm gonna say that possibly the psychedelic revolution that neurology is the next oncology. And here you can see the images of this. It's a scan, a brain scan, and it shows the difference, right? And left is the placebo, and, and then on the right side is the psilocybin. So there's a lot more activity. It repairs your neural networks because it's a neural transmitter. So it, that's how it helps with depression. It helps with uh, nicotine addiction. And you can see there's a study here that parallels, so there's two treatments, psilocybin versus SSRIs and its effectiveness. 80% more effective than SSRIs in treating depression. For nicotine addiction, 60% more uh, effective than even a nicotine replacement. So I think these are huge issues pl uh, plaguing our, our society today. Um, We've got what's called a sad epidemic. You know, there's a suicide, there's, there's just so much anxiety, depression, and with these molecules, we, can, we really have a chance to heal. And cannabis, cannabis is very powerful, and cannabis can heal your body, but the way that psychedelics can heal your mind, it's, it's different. So functional mushrooms versus psychedelic mushrooms. Why do we call them functional, right? I mean, these are just a terminology that we're using. So it's all functional, right? Because it all serves a function. But functional usually means that there's a health benefit beyond providing nutrition. So something could be nutritional, but when it's functional, it's, it's, it's an added value. Well, you could say that psychedelic mushrooms are also functional, but we're not calling them that. And the thing is, there's so many, there's so much nomenclature and there's terminology and, and we're at the beginning of an industry and so we really have an opportunity to call things as they should be called. So I see this a lot where they're called psilocybin mushrooms. They're not psilocybin mushrooms. They're either psychedelic mushrooms or they're just mushrooms. In the same way you wouldn't call cannabis one molecule out of it, you know? It's, it's not THC cannabis, it's not CBD cannabis. It's, so it's important that we start calling things the right names and recognizing uh, that we are now shaping the industry. As far as the cognitive mushrooms, well, I'll go into that in the next slide. So meet the mushrooms. So, you know, there's, so this is again, what stuff that's out there that I'm sure everybody is familiar with. I saw a lot of hands raised. You've got your functional mushrooms like lion's mane, chaga, reishi, cordyceps, ashwagandha. And what's really, really interesting and why I love lion's mane is it's the only functional mushroom that's not psychedelic that does help repair your neural transmitters. So while it does not have um, the same effects in terms of, in terms of enhanced uh, visuals and, and, and psychedelic experiences, Lion's mane, they do, they, they, it's called the, your myelin sheath. They repair your myelin sheath, which is like these little uh, nerve, it's your nerve endings. So all the trauma, the stress, 
everything that we go through, we may not even realize it, but the constant stress on the body, the, everything that we've been going through with, with this pandemic, and just like the hustle and bustle of life, that all impacts your neurotransmitters. And lion's mane actually repairs that. And then some of the other ones, cordyceps are known for energy boosting, reishi, you know, I'm not gonna read it through, but they all have their, they all have their properties. With psychedelic mushrooms, some of the most popular um, uh, genetics are golden teachers, which are cubenzies, I'll, I'll go into that a little later, uh, penis envy, albino, penis envy, sense, and the enigma. Now what's really amazing about the Enigma, and this is why I love the mycology community because they're so open. In the mycology community, they share genetics. You know, in cannabis, everybody grows the best weed. Oh, I got the best weed. I got the most THC. I'm growing the best. My stuff's the best. Nobody shares genetics. But in the mycology community, they actually trade. And so they give each other the genetics. And the Enigma, it was an accidental um, hybrid of penis envy, and I can't recall, there was another strain, and it was discovered that it was extremely effective with helping with PTSD. And the guy that created it, when he had his experience, he said the mushrooms talked to him and they told him that he couldn't sell it, like he had to give it away. So this is the kind of thing that's happening and that's driving the industry. It's really cool. What's my time, Andres? Three? Oh my God, all right, better get to the testing. How do we test for it? Well, we can test for potency of all these products, we can, uh, of all these cannabinoids, we test for potency of psilocybin and psilocin. Same thing with terpenes, we can test for the presence of them. And it's very similar to how we test cannabis and hemp. So the potency, we test for heavy metals, mycotoxins, pesticides, all of that. It's also possible to test all that for mushrooms. But when these rules are created, you have to know how they're grown. They can't grow in pesticides or else they won't grow. So it's, and again, this is all the beginning of an industry we're really blessed to be a part of. Oregon releases their first draft rules. And what they said was you could only use one species that's it, cubenzies only. So imagine if you were in a state where, the, where they said, you can only sell sour diesel, or you can only sell Bubba Kush. So that's, that's what they're saying, but it's a start, and it's better than nothing, and we're grateful. Uh, batch testing is for every five pounds, whereas cannabis, it's for 15 pounds, and the sample size is the whole fruit, and they're saying that if they're testing for solvents, like if it's an extract, they're just testing for methanol, which is the, own, the way that they know, but we know that there's so many different extraction methods. Again, draft rules are not final rules. So um, I'm not sure if they're open for public comment, but again, it's a start and, and we're grateful for that. And so when we talk about sam hemp sample requirements, it's pretty complicated, but yet it's simple, right? We have a certain amount, you send it to us, we test it. With the mushroom, they want you to test, they want you to send a whole fruit and to test for every five pounds. So I think that's gonna be hopefully changed, but that is, um, that's part of the initial requirements. They're legal in 16 regions right now. Mushrooms become legal by municipality. So it's not like cannabis, state by state. 
uh, you know, Delta 8 state by state, it's mostly like, it's Oakland, it's, um, you know, there's different cities in California, in Oregon, in Washington, Colorado, it's a state by state thing. Um, I love mushroom products. I've been working with them for a while. These are some of my favorite products. Odyssey is here, go visit them. There's mushroom jerky, mushroom chocolate. So these are functional ones that I love. The Lion's Main Focus, Shroomy Gummies. And then these are the microdoses that I love. So there's all kinds of, um, microdoses are usually blended with cordyceps and lion's mane or other functional mushrooms. And it's a very, very small amount. So it's a sub-perceptive amount. Any questions? <laughs> One minute, I'm done. All right, questions? No questions? Wow, all right, cool, thank you. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.